Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up to date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Please remember that this blog deals with adult themes, so if you don't have privacy, you might wish to put on some headphones. Welcome to my first proper vlog. And today I'm going to talk a bit about um, rewards and punishments and um, how people react to these and um, shaping behavior. And I'm talking about this in terms of relationships of all kinds. So this might seem an unusual topic, but it's something that I was talking with um, a friend of mine about when we were talking about authority transfer-based relationships. And one of the things that he had mentioned was that he was found it interesting how differently people reacted to different ways of shaping behavior. For example, some people um, reacted really well to completely reward-based systems and others reacted really well to more aversive or punishment-based systems, and some needed a combination of the two. And one of the things that came up was this idea that often we don't, we make assumptions about what people find rewarding. So this is something that applies in relationships that aren't authority transfer-based. It's just not as obvious. And in most of our relationships, we reward the things that we like that our partner does. And sometimes we punish the things that we don't like or we ignore the things that we don't not like and that can also be seen as quite punishing behavior. Um, and I often have couples come in where they feel that their partner is not actually doing things that they find rewarding. So for example, a guy brings his girl flowers every Friday, like clockwork. And he thinks I'm being a great guy, right? Because that's the thing you read about. That's the thing you see a lot. Flowers are a wonderful thing to receive. And she thinks, what am I doing with these flowers? They're nice, but you know, he never takes me out on a Friday night. And what I really want is to go out for a nice meal or for him to cook a meal or to go out for, for a movie or dancing or to a club. So he's doing this really nice thing and he's not getting this reaction because what he has assumed is rewarding isn't. There are even better examples when you look at childcare and, and when I've worked with parents with kids whose behavior is difficult one of the things that I find that parents often do as a punishment is to send a child to their room. Usually in a child's room are all the things that they find wonderfully rewarding. 
They usually have their computer in their room. They have iPads, phones. They have games. They have stuffies. They've got all the things that they enjoy. A good portion of those are going to be in the child's room. So by sending a child to their room, you're sending their ch the child into what may be one of their most rewarding environments. And therefore, it doesn't have the impact that you as the parent are hoping it will on preventing that behavior from occurring again. So when I have families in that situation, what I do is talk to them about actually finding out what are the things that your child finds the most rewarding? What do they want the most? Frequently, families think these are things, but often what they want the most is parental time and attention. Then I also ask them to find out what are the things that they actually find punishing and make a list of these so that you look at what kind of an impact you're going to have on someone's behavior by rewarding them or, in essence, punishing them. So if you take this into relationships, you look at what are the things that your partner or partners want the most? What are the things that they find the most rewarding? And you won't be surprised to hear that in a lot of cases, it is the same as it is for kids. What they want most is actually your time and your undivided attention. Those are the things that you want to be giving frequently in order to let your partner know that you appreciate them, let your partner know that you appreciate their behavior, and to increase those behaviors and those interactions that you want. Then find out the things that they really find the most punishing. Now, if you're in an authority transfer-based relationship, you might make a note of those in order to use them according to your own protocols and rituals when somebody behaves in a way that is unacceptable to shape behavior. If you're not, you're making a list of the punishing behaviors so that you avoid doing them because those sorts of negative consequences are rarely as um, efficient in changing behavior as the positive consequences are. However, even in relationships that are not authority-based, um, consequences do highlight um, behaviors that are not okay, attitudes that are not okay, and also help to shape behavior. So it's good to know very clearly what are the things a person finds most punishing. At that point, you also want to be talking about what are the things that a person finds most punishing that it's not acceptable to do. This comes up as an issue because oftentimes people have different styles in the way they express their displeasure. I've lived in the United Kingdom for 28 years and I lived in the US for 27, but I had all my formative years in the United States and I come from a family that um, when people were annoyed, they raised their voices. I come from a Jewish background, it's an ethnic background, and that is how people expressed their displeasure. They raised voices. And so um, it is not unusual if I'm upset for me to raise my voice. I have had partners, British partners, 
who come from families where a raised voice is something that they'd never heard before. To them, it's incredibly frightening. So that was not just, if I raised my voice in that situation, it's not just showing my displeasure, it's petrifying. So it has a very deep meaning apart from what I want it to mean. I'm trying to just simply show displeasure. And my partner thinks that, you know, the end of the world is nigh. It's important to know about these things so that you can understand people's reactions and you can modify the way that you express displeasure, particularly if um, you're finding that you're wanting someone to change their behavior and no matter what you seem to do, their behavior isn't changing. The fact is, bottom line, the only person that we have control over is ourselves. And so actually, when we try and modify somebody's behavior, we're doing it with their permission. If they don't wanna play along, we are not going to get anywhere. So the first part of call is looking at changing your own behavior, which is why I say that it's always better to work on a reward-based system. If you let somebody know that, it, that what they've done is something you really like, you're likely to get much further. If you give them a positive alternative to the negative behavior, you're likely to get a lot further. So these are really my best tips about rewards and punishments in relationships in general, as opposed to focusing on authority-based relationships. They're used far more frequently, far more overtly in authority-based relationships. So what, I, what I'm saying when I say that is that if I'm in an authority transfer-based relationship with somebody, then I'm giving permission for them to have authority over me. And that means I'm giving them permission to modify behaviors that they don't like or that are non-optimum. They might be behaviors that cause me to be unhealthy, not something that they don't like, but they might choose to modify them because it's causing me to be unhealthy. I'm giving them permission to work with me in this way. Therefore, um, there's permission for uh, them to look at rewards and punishments in a very overt, a very stated way. It might be something that we discuss multiple times before we're formally in that kind of relationship. It may be something that we actually have a written agreement about or a contract in which we talk about what are the forms of punishment and the forms of reward and for what, what are the infractions of the rules? What are the rules? So then it's laid out very overtly. Whereas if you're in a relationship with somebody where authority transfer is not part of the relationship, frequently this is not discussed overtly. And because it's not discussed overtly, people are less aware of the impacts of the things they do on their partners. And, and, and there, there's often a lot more um, unsaid disappointment and unsaid regret and unsaid upset because these things aren't being discussed directly. So what I'm recommending actually is that regardless of what kind of relationship you're in, that you actually sit down and have a conversation about the things that are rewarding to you. What do you love most? How do you feel 
when these things are not part of your relationship and how do you feel when they are part of your relationship and then discuss the things that are punishing or feel worse to you what are the things that are absolutely things that you will not accept for example if somebody is violent towards me in anger i'm gone that's not part of my relationship style okay so that's something that I would discuss with a partner before I'm properly involved in the relationship. That's part of my set of rules. So you discuss the things that are actually punishing to you you don't like. Some people, one of the worst things in the world you can do to them is ignore them. And so that's, it's important for that to be pointed out because there are some people who are in their own worlds and their behavior can seem like they're ignoring you for ages, but actually... It's just that they're in their own worlds and they don't come out as often as you might like. So that's an important thing to discuss. If you know that your partner finds that really upsetting, then you can make an effort to come out of your, your little cave or shell more. But your partner can also make an effort to retrain their own thinking to understand that you're not trying to ignore them. You're not trying to push that button. And Finally, the other thing that I'm, I would recommend doing while you're doing this is also talking about your expectations. I'll do another vlog all about how you look at expectations, spoken and unspoken one, because there are some um, good ways to map these. And I do think it's worth mapping them because we often have expectations we haven't really thought about. They're kind of deep expectations that we have just of a relationship partner in general. So it's worth actually bringing those out into the light of day and looking at them to decide if they're reasonable or unreasonable, and also to then be able to present to a partner. These are my expectations. What are your expectations? And look at where your expectations are getting met and not getting met. And sometimes, particularly if you're non-monogamous, to look at where you can get some of those met elsewhere. If you've got any questions about rewards and punishments, as that relates to relationships, whether they are um, authority transfer-based relationships or just relationships in general, please do put a comment underneath on YouTube. Email me at lauribeth, L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H, at drlauribethbisbee.com. That's D-R-L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H-B-I-S-B-E-Y.com. Um, if you've got any comments or if there's a topic that you really want me to cover or a question you want me to answer, go ahead and email me at that address again. If you're interested in more, you can check out my podcast, um, A to Z of Sex, and that can be found on iTunes. If you're listening to this as a podcast instead of looking at the vlog, you will find the podcast notes not only on my website, but also on Libsyn. Um, and on iTunes as well. So if you subscribe, you'll get those all together. If you're doing it as a vlog, do hit me up for the notes because anytime I discuss links, in this case I didn't, but anytime I discuss links, the links will be in the notes. So you can, I'll put some of that in the comment section just beneath the video, but you can also hit me up um, for those by emailing me. Again, lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you 
next week. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics, sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.